0: Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. I just want to give you like three simple steps to begin receiving guidance. Uh, So let's go over to the book of Matthew and we'll look here in chapter number four. And this will be real quick. Matthew four. And verse number one. Then Jesus, once, once again, um, keep in mind, they're writing this to us. I want you to notice how they expected us to know what that looked like. And they didn't explain it. Because they expected people to understand exactly what was meant. Matthew 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Led up by the Spirit. Into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man will not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, we're going to keep reading, but I want you to notice that statement. How often do you eat? Uh, You know, I don't care if you're a twig in here. It's often. Okay, like you eat a good bit. Like probably three times a day something is going in your mouth. And what did he say? Man shall not live just off of what he puts in his mouth, but man shall live off of what? Every word that proceeds where? Out of the what? Mouth of God. So is that talking about this? Yes and no. This was not written yet. Do you understand when he's saying like, um, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew wasn't written yet. Do you understand in Romans when it said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When he's saying that, Ephesians wasn't written yet. It's, it's talking about you are hearing from God. God. You are walking with him in guidance and with the frequency you put something in your mouth God is putting something in your heart. And that it is nourishing you, it is fueling you, it is it is helping you run your race. This is what Jesus was trying to show us through his example. Jesus said, "I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. And I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it." Why? He's constantly in a position where he is hearing from God on what to do next. And Jesus is not just our Savior. He is our example. And we are to walk with the Father in the way Jesus walks with the Father. And so he said, like, we are not to live just by bread alone, but we are to live off of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, which means the way our body receives strength from eating food, our spirit is receiving that same type of nourishment from walking intimately with the communion of the Holy Spirit. And he keeps going here, and I just want to show you three things. Then the devil took him up, verse 5, to a holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels uh, command concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all these things I will give you. There's so much teaching there. Notice the enemy can give you things. Uh, And this is what happens a lot of time with celebrity. I will give you this if you yield this area of your life to me. I will give you the kingdoms of the world and their applause. And this is what he's trying to get Jesus to do. If you will fall down and worship me, then Jesus said, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God only and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels began to minister to them. Uh, so three things real quick based off the instruction of Jesus. Number one, hear him. Pull away from the, the, the lust of the flesh and hear him. Separate from the pull of the flesh, and hear him. Man shall not live by bread alone. Push away the desire of the flesh. Yield that desire towards the spirit. Crave him like your body craves food. And hear him. Take that desire towards him. Number two, don't test him. When you know what he has said to do, do it. Don't test him and make God use his mercy repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly to get you out of what he told you not to do. You will sear your conscience. Do not test him. And thirdly, worship him. Uh, So real quick, let's talk about each one. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Why don't we hear God more? It's real simple. We don't take the time to pull away from the world long enough to hear from him. Uh, God speaks in a whisper. The only way to hear a whisper is to drown out all the other noise. The only way to hear a whisper is to drown out all the other noise. The only way to hear the whisper is to drown out all the other noise. Now, I want you to think, even in a silent room, how much noise there is in you. Okay, you're in a silent room. I want you to think about how much noise is in you. Um, Think about you're silent. uh, Can I go down here or will it cut out? I should be okay. Okay. Let's just play around with it. We'll try it. If not, it's a small room. Yeah. But yeah, but think about um, some of you, even in this room tonight, uh, you've had multiple voices and none without significance. Because they all want something. They want to worship more, or they want to go eat something, or they want to know how long service will last, uh, or they want to know all, what, what type of vest is that. Like they, your mind wants to know a lot. Because even in a silent room There is so much what in you Desire And the reason why we don't hear God more Is what do we do with all that desire When it comes When you get hungry and you want a Snickers What do most people do Eat the Snickers Uh, When you're bored and you want to watch Netflix What do most people do Watch Netflix The, the, The NFL playoffs are on I want to watch the NFL playoffs I've got a desire in my flesh What do I do Watch the playoffs. So we're constantly doing what? We're constantly satisfying the desires. And what's desire? It's ultimately the other voices that are in you. We're constantly satisfying the other desires with what we want. And what Jesus is saying is if you want to hear the voice of the Lord, you've got to learn how to tune out all those other desires. In Acts chapter 13, we see the Holy Spirit speak. It, says, it said, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit spoke. Uh, the term minister there literally means to wait like a waiter would wait on a table. And with a, a waiter waiting on a table, what does a good waiter always give you? Their attention. They're constantly checking in with you to see what do you want, what order are you going to place, what what is it you want to eat. They're constantly giving you their attention. And the issue is, is so many children of God, like genuinely good people, like people who love the Lord, serve the Lord, come to church, they never hear from God. And it's not because God is not speaking. It's that the other voices are so loud they don't hear him. And so there's all this guidance coming down the the, the the strip that is the Holy Spirit. But because the bride is busy with all these other things, they're not seeing um, the cell phone ring because it's on vibrate. And, and, and they're constantly being distracted by these other things that have pull on them. And what Jesus is saying, and notice where Satan is trying to take Jesus' desire, he's trying to take his desire to be fulfilled from the thing that his flesh wants. And Jesus says, I will not give into my flesh when what my flesh wants all the time. That I'm not going to honor those things. Why? Because I want space to hear the Lord. I want space to hear the whisper. I want space to draw near to him. And in Acts chapter 13, when they're ministering to the Lord and pulling away, because in their ministry, it said that they were fasting and praying. When fasting is abstaining from the world, prayer is giving yourself to God. So it's like, I'm going to not fill this desire, and I'm going to point that desire more towards the Lord. And in doing that, I lock in closer to the whisper. And I want you, as you go on this journey of like, I want to know God's voice. Pastor, tell me how to hear God's voice. The first step is stop listening to all the other voices. Silence them and tell them, no, like I'm not watching you when you want me to watch you. I I promise you, one of the, like the Lord Jesus has got to be Lord. And what I mean by that is you only have one. You only have one Lord. And what is Lord? When it tells you to do something, you do it. And so many of us have lords that are not Jesus. One of them being Lord's stomach. It wants it, we eat it. It sees it, it desires it, smells it, we put it in our mouth. Why? Because when it tells us to eat, we eat. When we have that desire, we yield to that desire. And then it morphs over into everything else of like these other things we give ourselves to. And Jesus is saying, if I keep filling those natural desires, I will limit the spirit's impact in my life. But if I will pull away from those natural desires and pave the way for my heart to desire the word from God, direction from God, that desire and that, that direction will get bigger in me. And the more I do that, the more guidance I'll get. So then the second thing is, is once you get guidance, either from God's word or from God speaking to your heart, you've got to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only or else you will deceive your own self. Uh, the Bible talks about, and we'll go over and we can look at it. 1 Timothy, I believe it's in chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4. Let's see, I think it's verse 2. 1 Timothy 4, 2, yes. Let's read verse 1 through 2. I want you to notice, and this was not even my intent, but watch, watch once again how the early church was fully expectant by its writers to know exactly what it was talking about. Verse number 1. But the Spirit explicitly says... <laughs> And his his, his audience is like, yeah, I get that because I have communion with him too. The spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits. We talked about that in the prayer conference, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of hypocrisy of liars seared their own conscience as with a branding iron, seared their conscience. Um, your your mind has a voice; it's reason. Your body has a voice; it's desire and emotion. Your spirit has a voice; it's your conscience. And each one of these things play out all the time. It's like, what do I want to eat? Uh, your flesh will be like, anything with sugar, butter, and fat, that's exactly what I want to eat. And then your mind will kick in and be like, but the last time I ate that knowledge of good and evil, I gained five pounds. Maybe I should eat something else. And so typically, it's a war between the mind and the spirit, or the mind and the flesh. The spirit can kick in, though, and it's the voice of conscience. And it's the voice of the Holy Spirit connecting with your with your spirit bearing witness. Romans 8 talks about this, bearing witness with your spirit. And what this means is that throughout the course of your life, God is going to give you direction through his word. It's like you're sitting in a service and it's like just overwhelmingly big in you. I need to forgive them. And it's it's your conscience. Your flesh doesn't want to and your mind is like, the last time I forgive them, they didn't even apologize back. And all of these things, and so you've got all these voices talking. But in your heart, you know I need to forgive them. Or you're sitting there, and like like I was this past week, of like I need to text them and just confirm my love for them. And my mind is like, but they don't like me. And like my flesh is like, and wow, you know that's not fun when you're engaging in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to be with you, like that type of thing. But your heart is saying, text them. And every time you tempt the Lord your God, what was the the, the temptation? Throw yourself off here. God will catch you. You can do something foolish, and God will will, will be merciful anyway. And you know what? He will be merciful. Thank God for his mercy, or we'd all be dead and in trouble uh, and going to hell. Like, thank God for his mercy. But what we want is where we're not dependent upon that mercy because we are doing what the spirit tells us to do. So when I get something in my heart, I follow through with it because if I don't, it'll sear my conscience. And and what this searing means, it's like a, a scar on your hand or like, you know, I use that example a lot, like I drink a lot of coffee and when you first start drinking coffee, it's hot and it's like you have to sip it, you can't really drink it, drink it. But the more you drink hot coffee, the more it's easier for you to drink it the next time. Why? It's desensitizing you. And there are plenty of things that once, like, I can remember when I really gave my heart to Jesus. I I don't remember the exact age I was born again. Uh, You know, I grew up in a preacher's home. But I can remember at 16 years old, like, getting honest with God and, like, rededicating my life to Jesus in a big way. And I'm telling you, my want to change. No one had to tell me, don't listen to it. I didn't want to. No one had to tell me, don't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. No one had to tell me don't hang out with them. Literally, God took out a heart of stone and put in me a heart of flesh. And now my heart, it sensed him. And his commandments weren't ones written on on tablets of stone. They were written in my heart. I'm like, I don't want to do that. And so the first time you do it, you sense it, right? It's like it cuts and it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. But then if you do it again, it gets a little easier and a little easier and a little easier and a little easier until finally you can watch it and you're joking about it. It doesn't bother you at all. And you're out, of, you're out of relationship with a person and there's strife there and it doesn't bother you at all. And and you're around there and people feel comfortable talking about things like that because they know it doesn't bother you. And when we do that, we're tempting the Lord God doing things we know we shouldn't do. And what it does is it has an effect on the inside of us and that it begins to harden our heart. Remember in Hebrews, it talks about when you hear the Lord's voice, do not harden your heart as they did in the day of uh, of provocation, talking about the children of Israel, uh, that out of this, they began to hear him. But in hearing him, they resisted him. And each time I resist the Lord's voice, whether it's coming through his word or just something I feel like genuinely on the inside I should do, it begins to sear my conscience. And so I want to pull away from desire to hear him. But then when I hear him by being his bride and sharing intimacy with him, when I hear him uh, out of that, I want to do what he tells me to do. Because in doing that, I'll keep my conscience clean. I'll I'll keep my, my conscience soft. I'll keep my conscience tender. Paul wrote this over and over. Be ye tender hearted. Tenderhearted. hearted. I don't want to be calloused. I don't want to be hard hearted. I want to be tender hearted. How do I get tender hearted? When God speaks to my heart, I don't make excuses. I make changes. I pay attention to the tension on the inside. And if I get like half a sniff that this could be God dealing with my heart about something, I take immediate action on that thing to keep my heart uncluttered. The third thing that he said is worship him. Worship and serve him only. And this goes back to what we were talking about at the the start. Worship is intimacy with God. And there's not a lot of it. Uh, Even in our praise and worship segments, there's not a lot of worship. There's a lot of praise, which is proclaiming something. There's a lot of thanksgiving, which is telling God thank you. But worship is where you're talking to the Lord. You're not talking about him. You're not trying to get him to do something. You're not proclaiming a belief about something and all of that's necessary, but worship is where you are like the bride of Christ coming into a place where you were opening up your life to him and proclaiming your love towards him. Now, out of that, for those of you who are dating people or married to people, you will understand this example. When you just want to be friends with someone, uh, you're just talking, but you don't want it to get intimate in terms of language. Does that make sense? Uh, but like someone you're pursuing, you might just sing to them. Like, or are you hear a love song, and it becomes your song because it's proclaiming love. There was one between uh, Brian Adams uh, that became me and my wife's song. And when I proposed to her, uh, she didn't know uh, that I was proposing. She thought we were coming in for dinner, and so I'm like, dress up. And she gets in. Uh, I have a limo. Come and pick her up. And she gets in the limo, and it's our song playing. And it's just me talking on the screen, telling her what's coming up that night. And she gets to the house. It was my parents' uh, house. And there's rose petals kind of leading down. And she had always wanted to have Will You Marry Me written in the sand, but it was really hard to get that in Birmingham. So I went to Home Depot and bought over 3,000 pounds of sand, drug them down to the pier, wrapped the pier in tarps, put enough sand in it to write Will You Marry Me?, And when she, come on, somebody, come on. And so when she got to the top of the hill and looked down, she saw me standing there with, will you marry me written in the sand. That's the truth. That's the truth. Now. We have the song. We have all of that. Why? Because I want more intimate fellowship with her than anybody on the planet. And that kind of stuff is only reserved for her. What is that? That's worship. And if you want to be the bride of Christ where you open yourself up to intimacy and and the, 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 the husband who is Christ can begin to put things into your heart, And show you things to come. You have to draw near to him in worship. Where you just open up your heart to the love of Jesus. And you tell him you love him. And you tell him you want to be with him. And you sing a song that is not just one that has lyrics on it that you can copy. Nothing would be worse if I was explaining my love to my bride. And I just copied someone else's words. Which is why when I do marriages, I always, like the ceremonies, I always ask them, please write your own vows. Like, I'll give you standard ones too. Like, we can do that too. But please, like, express your own love. And it's always beautiful when that kind of plays out because it's their heart to the other one. And and, and when we're talking to God, and and if you really want to, like, find guidance just explode in your life, tap into this power of worship. Um, I'll close with this, Ephesians 5, and then we'll practice it. Ephesians 5, um, you'll see this written here, uh, where I want you to, to see this. Like, this is so wonderful to me. In verse number 15, Ephesians 5, 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, underline this, highlight it, come back to it tomorrow, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you see the Bible's command to you? you whoever you are understand what the will of the god what the will of god is for what for your life for this season for today for this message for this job understand what the will of the lord is which for me i would ask well how in the world do i do that like i want to know what god's will is he's about to tell us how and do not be drunk with wine what does that come at uh, exactly that first point. Do not allow the lust of the flesh to pull you into a place where you are intoxicated with fulfilling those desires. It, it, it's, it's the difference. Don't be drunk with wine. Taking one sip of wine versus continually satisfying that desire, it puts you in a state where what? You have lost control and influence. And, when, and, and somebody says, well, of course, wine. The same thing can happen with Netflix, fantasy football, you name it. You you keep partaking in it, you'll become under the influence of that thing, and that loudness of that desire will drown out the voice of God in you, which is why Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. So I've learned to put under my body, I bring it into subjection. So he's talking about, don't be unwise, but be wise, understanding what the will of the Lord is. And he says, the first way to do that is stop fulfilling your desires the way you've been fulfilling your desires. And then he comes with this, don't be drunk with wine, for that is dispensation, Uh, but be filled with the Spirit. Now notice that, be filled with the Spirit. Well, how would I do that? Speaking to one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Do you see how worship fills you with the Spirit? And through uh, coming to this place of being filled with the Spirit, you begin to understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, well, how do I become filled with God's Spirit? I, I, be, I begin to, to worship Him. I begin to draw intimate with Him. I begin to have our song. And I begin to even come up with my own words, that I'm not just like singing the songs on the, the, the screen But even my own song of affection is arising to him. And I want to encourage you, like as men, this is often harder for us than it is for our female counterparts. Because it's so much easier for them to picture Christ and to to love him um, in an intimate way. And so oftentimes for us to have this as men with our wives and with the Lord Jesus, it, inqu- it requires a weakness of the flesh and a sensitivity of the heart. But, but to come to this place where you are, are opening yourself up to your wife and opening yourself up to the Lord Jesus and expressing love from your own heart coming up with your own song. And it doesn't even have to rhyme or make sense. It's just your song. It's it's just your term. It's your words. It's your affection. And when you sing that to them and you draw near into worship, it increases these moments of like that sharing together where the two of you share what only the two of you share. And it opens up this path of guidance into your own heart. And so let's, let's practice uh, even this week doing those three things. I'm going to tune out every other desire more and more to give myself to the word of God. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When I, I receive God's word, or maybe some of you have a word that God spoke to you already, but you have not been doing anything with that word. Maybe you've been violating that word. You come to this place where it's like, no longer will I choose this over the Lord. But I will begin to forgive. I will begin to give. I will begin to whatever that word is. That I will not test the Lord. I will not harden my heart. And then we come to this place of like, Father, what I will do as much as I can this week and right now is just open up my heart to worship. Open up my heart to intimacy. Open up my heart into my worship belongs to you and come to a place of love and affection with him. Amen. Amen.